Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yes, it is on this holiday weekend. Thanks for joining us. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question you want to ask Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, those very questions. Good morning. Good morning. I thought I was in the wrong place for a minute. Did recognize the music. The music. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not supposed yeah, to be we here. kind of snuck up on <laughs> you, you there, did. didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, morning. it's always good to see Teresa. She knows her stuff and helps uh, us out and you out uh, every every time she visits us. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, as I said, it's the same number. The phone number is the same as the text number, and that is 651-989-9226. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I did, and how was yours? Yeah, it was good. It was good. quiet. It yes. Was nice, yes. Peaceful. Peaceful. I like that. Yep, it was moving the car back and forth for the snow emergency. And... Oh, you have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but... that's... But, yeah, it's okay. You and I were talking just briefly uh, when you came into the studio, and I said to you, I hope that we don't have a repeat of last year that destroyed so many boxwoods. Yeah. I think it. Uh, hopefully it will be better. Um, it seems like we're getting enough snow now that might that cover. might cover them. Yeah. And, yeah, and we had nice rains and everything. So hopefully all your evergreens went into winter really fat with water in the roots. And I took uh, your advice. Uh, you had a uh, whenever it was two, three, whenever it was three mm-hmm. weeks ago, maybe now. Mm-hmm. Uh, hours before <laughs> it snowed, mm-hmm. I did a whole bunch of dormant seeding. Dormant seeding, very good. Yeah, timing doesn't usually happen that way, but Isn't I was that lucky. Wonderful? Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. let's see. Good deal. Now explain. Now I know we're going to get texts and questions about yep. that. What yep. is dormant seeding? Dormant seeding is where you're putting grass seed down, and you don't want it to grow now. You right. want it to right. grow in the spring. Good way of putting. So, so you're putting it down just before the snow or whatever, and then it just sits there all winter, and hopefully the voles don't eat it and the mice don't eat it. And if we get the snow cover, then the birds can't get to it. Right. And probably the voles and mice won't get to most of it either. And then in the spring, hopefully it doesn't wash away or, or mold out or rot out on you, and then it grows when it's supposed to grow. Yeah. So that's dormant seeding. Yeah, it does. It's amazing. It does work if you, if you do it. Uh, <laughs> and, the and timing is right. Right. And most people don't realize that. If you just think about it, our native plants, they dormant seed too. That's a good way of putting it. But they have to go through winter stratification. So if you have the milkweed seeds that you're wanting to plant, they have to go through the cold of winter. So either you plant them now or we do a winter sowing, or you have to do some kind of winter stratification to make those things grow. Otherwise, when you plant them in the spring, nothing's going to happen till the next year. And again, I'd like to ask you this because being a master gardener as you are, what, if somebody wants to become a master gardener, mm-hmm. uh, 
what time of year does that happen? Usually they should contact their extension office. They can contact them anytime and get on the waiting oh, list, okay. get on the on the, the, the list. But uh, they usually start sending out the applications August and September. Okay. And then they do their interviews, and the, the folks will be starting their classes the end of January, February. Oh, so that's coming up. Then. That's coming up, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I tell you what, let's put you back to work. Okay. Let's go to Sounds the phones first of all. Kathy is calling from St. Paul. Kathy, good morning. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. I'm sorry to ask you this because you've answered it hundreds of times. <laughs> That's okay. Let's do 101. Maybe I'll get it right this time. <laughs> Tree trimming. Mm-hmm. Um, the maples, oaks, etc. Mm-hmm. When is it okay? Do I wait till February or The maples now? you can pretty much trim any time. If you trim them early, uh, late, late spring, then they may start bleeding because the sap is running. But maples are okay to trim any time. Your oaks, elms, ashes, fruit trees, you want to trim them when there's no insects around. Insects are often a vector for the diseases. Okay. Um, so, so, And actually, you could trim them now, uh, or you could wait until February, uh, January, February. The reason if you trim them now, they may not seal up as well, so that open wound is open longer during the wintertime, and the dryness can work further into the, into the wound. So, okay. so there's okay. there's a so trade off. I'll I'll wait till February. Yep. See, January, I, February. Mm-hmm. I knew you had said February. <laughs> <laughs> you were on the right track there. All right, thanks, okay, Kathy. Thank Appreciate you. that. Mm-hmm. Kathy leaves that line open six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Keep in mind that same number will get you a text question answered as well. Uh, meanwhile, let's go back. Uh, Charlie, I believe, is calling from uh, Lakeville. Charlie, you're on CCO. Hi, Charlie. Good morning. I have six four to six feet tall hibiscus plants that I take in and out of the house for summer and winter. I brought them in this year, and I have an infestation of gnats, black gnats, mm-hmm. uh, that when the sun comes up in this year, and I have an infestation of gnats, black gnats, mm-hmm. uh, that when the sun comes out, they all fly to the window, and that's how I know they're there. Okay. You know how to get um, what you what you can do is uh, you can put out some yellow sticky traps, um, and I would probably put those by the window, or else I would put them under a lamp near the near the trees because they'll go toward the light. And you can make your own yellow sticky traps. A bright yellow piece of paper inside inside of a bright yellow piece of paper inside of a Ziploc bag, and then you coat it with a little olive oil or vegetable oil, and then that stick to it. Um, or you can buy the sticky traps, which is just yellow sticky stuff, and then you just throw that away. Um, and that will that will get rid of a lot of them. You may have to spray. Otherwise, sometimes just giving everybody a good shower and will really help the plants. And this is why when you bring your plants in, you want to segregate them from your other plants for two to three weeks to make sure nobody else came in with them. Always remember when you're bringing your plants in from the outside to wash them really good first, wash the containers, wash the bottoms, wash the saucers, um, and then bring them in. Make sure that you don't have the soil too wet. And if you're seeing a bunch of fungus gnats, you can put sand on the top of the soil, about half an inch of sand on the top of the soil, and that will dry out, and the fungus gnats need to live in the top little layer of soil. So the soil down beneath where the roots are will be moist for the roots, but it's too far for the gnats and for the fungus gnats, so they can't live. Is that kind of typical uh, for a hibiscus to get bugs like they, that? They can get insects, yeah. yeah. And the thing is with our plants, a lot of the plants, sometimes they come in with insects, or sometimes we walk through someplace and we bring something home. But a lot of times the plants are so stressed in our house, it's like us being run down, we get a cold. 
they're oh, okay. they're run down so they can't defend themselves as as bad for the plant, uh, against the insects. And it's just because they're in a hot house, a very dry house with hardly any light. So we torture them for, you know, four or five months to put them back outside again. <laughs> you have a question, a lawn and garden question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Call it in or text it in, same number, 651-989-9226. Here's a text. Teresa, love your program, says, I have a Meyer lemon tree with a lemon that's about the size of an orange and dark green in color. Wondering how long it will take for it to become ripe and how will I know when it is ripe? It's in a southeast window. It's under a grow light for about seven hours a day. Oh, Mary and Julie should be here because I think they both grow Meyer lemons. We do, too. Um, you do, too. <laughs> and we have uh, three or four big lemons. I think they take a really long oh, time, do. from what I understand, to ripen on the trees. So I don't know the exact answer, and I'm not sure how you tell. But I know they only get one crop of lemons a year from trees. So they take a really long time. I would go to the extension site, extension.umn.edu, and check it out. If they don't have a good answer there for your citrus questions and your um, your tropical questions, the University of Florida has some really good information, too. Again, 651-989-9226. Now, this is something I was not aware of. Why did, Texter says this, why did all the burning bushes die last winter? You know, I, I think it was just... Uh, uh, Same reason as as boxwood? Same reason for the boxes. It was just one of those instances. It was a perfect storm for them. For some reason, their roots were such that they just died off. I know mine died down, and I think it's dead totally. Um, Mm. But mine died, and it had been in 15, you know, 18 years. So it was an established plant. But um, it was kind of nice because it lets you have another plant there. But also we had been worried that the euonymuses, the burning bushes, they are an aggressive plant and taking over some of our native areas. Mm. So by having the cold kill them, it was kind of nice. So there was a... There's always an upside. There's a silver lining. <laughs> so this silver lining is you get to plant another plant, whoopee, and, um, or, and it just kind of cut back on some of those, the population out there. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. I uh, tell you what, we need to take a break. Okay, a let's quick do one. that. But don't wait now. Uh, a lot of folks will wait till toward the end of the show if uh, before they send a text or a call. But so uh, if you have a question, a lot of garden type of question, call it in or text it in right now, 651-989-9226. We're at 33 degrees. On our way to a near 34, we do expect anywhere from 1 to 3 inches of new snow and sleet today. Maybe another two to four inches overnight tonight. We'll give you that full forecast coming up. Right now, overcast winds east at 18. Our CCO temperature reading 33. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Danny along here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your uh, lawn and garden questions by phone, by text, same number, 651-989-9226. Tell you what let's do, Teresa. Let's talk to Susie. Who's calling from Venice, Florida? Susie, good morning. Hi, Susie. Hi, Danny. Hi, Teresa. Oh, I bet you're so jealous of our weather. <laughs> Don't I be really jealous. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll experience it all. We're coming back on Thursday for a while. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting ready. Um, I, I wanted to call in about the Myers lemons. We have a big old tree here and have tons of Myers lemons. And I want the gal to know that's questioning that she can use it if she's just going for the juice. The juice is still really, really good. When the lemons are green, mm. they just don't look as pretty as oh, really? they okay. should. Mm-hmm. I've got bags of lemon juice in my freezer from, uh, you know, from the green ones, and then the yellow ones are pretty. And I'm trying so hard not to hate Susie. I'm <laughs> trying so hard. 
And Susie, cor- correct me, the, the, the juice really is tasty. Oh, it's so it's, it's amazing. And delicious and yummy. And yes, it's very, very good in any kind of anything. It's terrific. And you can make lemon curd. You can make drinks. You can put it in your hair. You can clean white fabric with it. You can do all sorts of things with But it's a very good lemon. And she should go ahead and juice that green lemon. She just can't zest it. Uh, that's good. That's good mm, advice, good you know. Susie. Thank you. Well, that's very well, nice you of go. you. Well, <laughs> uh, happy Thanksgiving belatedly so, and it's always good to hear from you. Oh, thank you. Say hi to Sandy. I thank will do you. that. And Kent, too. Thank, thank you, you Susie. <laughs> Bye-bye. Sounds like old home week here. It does, but to, to explain it? to uh, <laughs> Teresa that uh, Susie and her husband have traveled with us on our Good Neighbor Tours occasionally, which is always fun. And, uh, yeah, so... I didn't ask her about the weather. I didn't want to know what the weather was. We don't want to know. Mm-mm. We'll just right. know. It's always good to hear from uh, our CCO listeners. All right. Uh, Ed is calling from Bloomington, I believe, with a, a question. Uh, Ed, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Ed. Good morning. I brought a hibiscus in from my east side of my house. It got morning sun for about four or five hours. And uh, now it uh, the leaves want to turn yellow, even though I have it under a grow light. With some geraniums, the geraniums are doing fine, but all through the hibiscus at random are yellow leaves. Some on the top are green and down inside, some are green, but the dappled around are yellow ones. Mm-hmm. What's happening? I, I would, I would first of all make sure that you don't have any uh, spider mites or anything like that on it. So inspect it very carefully for webbing or for shiny leaves that might be kind of sticky with honeydew. And if you do have that, then treat for the spider mites, wash them off or whatever. Um, otherwise, it's just it is normal for some of the some of the bigger trees, some of the trees, the the bigger bushes. When you bring them in, even if you have grow lights, it's a different intensity of light, and it's just different. And they do drop some leaves. That's totally normal. Just pick off the yellow leaves. They're never going to turn green again. It'll make your tree look happier. And it'll make you feel better. And just keep an eye on it. But I would check definitely for any insects. And um, and then just keep doing what you're doing, you know, keeping the soil fair, uh, moist and giving it as much light as you possibly can. Teresa, when we began the show, we were talking about dormant seeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, a texter wanted to know, can we seed on top of the snow? I would say no unless you're trying to feed the birds. You're because right. the birds will really like it. But you're going to see it on top of the snow. And if we get a bunch of snow on top of that, then it, when it all melts, it just melts and washes away. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know the snow is going to melt, wait till it melts and then seed. Like if you know we're going to get a warm yeah, spell in a week a good or idea. so. And then don't, go ahead and dormant seed just before the next snow. Okay. Yeah. Tell you what, let's go to River Falls. I think uh, Sue is waiting there. Sue, good morning. Hi, Sue. I have two questions now, one about compost, one about a baby's plant. Okay. Is it okay to put compost on in late fall on your garden? Yes. But then baby's plant, it's getting to be four feet tall. I plant it outside in the summer, bring mm-hmm. it in in the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can I keep it, you know, a okay height? Oh, you can trim it to height, whatever you want to trim. Use the bay leaves. They're absolutely delicious. And do watch that one for insects like scale or or um, any other insects, uh, spider mites and that. Sometimes bringing the plants in bay can really attract some of those, pro- have those problems. Give it as much light and trim it as you need to to keep it under control. Okay. And, you know, speaking of bay, um, it reminds me that the Minnesota Herb Society, my friends at the Minnesota yeah. Herb Society, they will be having a sale next week at the Arboretum. 
Um, so next weekend. Next or? weekend, yes. So go out to the Arboretum and enjoy the poinsettia trees and the lights. And there's so much going on at the Arb, but there's also having the herb sale out there. Now, remind us of that before you leave yeah, today. I will try. Mm-hmm. The, and I will try to remember the same <laughs> thing as a matter of there's fact. There's so much going on at the I Arb. Know. They have music and everything. It's we'll just talk more about that, too. Fun. Mm-hmm. Just a reminder to our listeners uh, that we have about another half hour of the show to go. So if you didn't get your question answered the first half hour, you still have a chance. But don't wait. Call in or text in. We'll put you on hold. And uh, if you'd rather send it in the form of a text, same number as the phone number, 651-989-9226. 33 degrees in the Twin Cities. We'll have a look at that forecast. But at the, first of all, let me give you a Wix and time check. It's 829 with a comprehensive uh, team of experts all under one roof. Wix and Jewelers features the most advanced repair facility in the Midwest. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your questions by phone and text. And again, same number. Uh, call it in or text it in, 651-989-9226. Texter wants to know, uh, Teresa, my Harrelson apple trees produce heavily every other year. Is there any way to even that out? There is, actually. There is a really? There is, yes. So what you do on the years that they produce heavily, you call half of the fruit. So when you, when you start seeing the fruit set on, you take off half of that fruit. Um, you'll still get some windfall, and that evens it out. You'll have to do that, you know, every once in a while, um, but that will do it. Um, what happens is they've used so much energy this year that they don't have much energy for next year, and then they build up that energy, and then the third year they have energy for a big crop again. Apples just want to do that. That's how mm. they grow. Um, but you can even that out by culling some of the fruit, and that way your tree will bear a little more evenly every year. I wonder, does that same thing apply to some years The uh, our oak trees are just plentiful? They dump tons of acorns and some hardly any. You know, they really don't know why they do that. They but don't. It's kind of, huh. it's kind of like happens uh, often throughout whole regions where all of the trees will will um, will fruit or not really yeah. heavily, and then it's like they all get the same they all get the same text. Yes, this is the year. <laughs> this is the year we're going to do acorns. All right, let's go back to the phones. Edline's uh, calling in from Chanhassen. Good morning. You're on with Teresa. Good morning. Yes, I have a question about hydrangeas. There's yes. two different classes: the aspera and the macrophylia. Would one do as well as the other in this area? Uh, I, it, it really depends because um, the um, it, it depends on how hardy they are. Uh, I would go out to the Arboretum and check and check um, to see which ones you like out there. They're doing a wonderful trial, and then you can see um, how hardy they are. Most of the ones that we're getting here now are good hardy for zone four, sometimes to zone three. Um, it, it just really depends on, on what kind of breeding they've put into those. Okay. Thanks, Adeline. Deb is calling from uh, Rochester, I uh, believe. Uh, Deb, you're on t- uh, CCO. Hello. Hi, Deb. Hi. Um, i wondering about grow lights. Okay. I have seen grow lights. going to try it this year as I brought some plants in. So I see some that are red and blue. I see some that are white. And how far above the plant should you actually have that grow light? Okay, you want the grow light as close as possible to the plant because then you get the more intense light from the plant. Um, if you're just growing for greens and not for flowers, you can just do any color of light. If you need the flowers or you're growing, say, tomatoes or something and where you want the fruit, then you're going to have to have the full-spectrum grow light, the red and the blue 
or the purple. Um, otherwise, just a plain white light will work really well if you're just growing, um, you know, just greens, uh, just your Chinese evergreen or something like that where you don't need it to flower. But bring those lights as close as possible to the plant. They should not be hot, so it shouldn't burn the plant, but that will help too. Good luck. 651-989-9226, both the phone call and text number works for both. Here's a text to just move to another home uh, with lake property and discovered lots of buckthorn in the woods. When's the best time and method to go after this plant? Oh, that's buckthorn. pretty insidious. Yeah, that's it, that's huh? pretty awful. Um, I would definitely go online and, and look at some of the buckthorn busting that the university is doing and that the DNR is suggesting. Now is a really good time. You can see the plant. You can, um, you know, you can cut it back. Uh, there are some treatments that you can put on the plant as soon as you cut, and I think some of those work in the winter. I'm not sure which ones they are and when to apply them exactly, so I would definitely go online to find that out. Um, but, yeah, buckthorn, you want to get rid of that. And understand that the seeds are in the soil, and they can remain viable for 50 years plus. So every time you move that soil and you dig up that soil, you're going to bring some of those buckthorn seeds to the surface. That's why when you when you dig in a garden, you can often find a bunch of weed seeds sprouting because you brought all those dormant seeds up to the surface. So the least the less least amount that you can disturb the soil um, horizon, the better chance you have of the buckthorn not sprouting out. And you think in the middle of winter, if you look outside and you see some uh, green foliage, yeah, that, that would probably be buckthorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nasty mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. What do but they call it's that? really good wood. It's really Is good. It? It's a fast growing tree, really hard wood and makes absolutely wonderful utensils and things like that. But um, hmm. it's not so good for our native habitat. Don't doesn't the state call it a noxious it weed? It is a noxious weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Good but name it, for it. It's too. a good weed, though. But I mean, it's a good wood. But interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Texter says I have a yucca that has multiples over the years. Can I divide it? If I leave as is, will I get multiple flower stalks? Um, I I would I would take the little pups off. Sure, you can divide that out easily. Uh, wherever it's wherever it has a little pup, a little side shoot. I don't know about the flower stalks. Um, it would depend on how healthy the plant is and how much energy it has for flowers. If you uh, would like to talk to Teresa in person, call her, 651-989-9226. Or, again, the same number applies to your text messages, and we have a bunch of those. Uh, what is the best time, Texter says, to prune hydrangea, the wood stem varieties? You can prune those anytime. Um, I would suggest uh, if you have a hydrangea that has big, big blossoms on it and it's a tree form or whatever, maybe take some of those big um, dried blossoms off so it doesn't uh, get really heavy. You see how heavy the snow is today. So um, you don't want that to pull down and break your tree. So pull off some of those blossoms, harvest those, use them in craft projects, throw them in your compost bin, whatever. And then I would suggest trimming in the spring just as they come out of dormancy. That's a. You brought up a, a point about th- this heavy, wet snow. That's I was looking yesterday on, on top of our uh, hedge of ewes. Y- mm-hmm. I hesitate to knock that off. Right, and and I would hesitate to knock it off too. You can you can gently if you want to brush it, but you don't want to be breaking branches. Yeah, and most of the time the snow is just going to melt off. If you have your arborvitaes that that split and turn into Dr. Seuss plants, <laughs> you know, get out there now. Take some old pantyhose and just kind of kind of tie up the inside trunks a little bit. That will help those stems from not bending over so much. And while you're looking out in the snow, you will notice all kinds of bunny tracks. 
So maybe, and deer track. So oh. maybe you want to start protecting your plants from your bunnies and deers. Yeah. Deer. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. Uh, my, my front yard was covered with bunny tracks. I was going to say lots of both. Uh, yeah. I know in our yeah. neighborhood. All right. Here's a texter. It says a uh, gooseberry uh, bush growing behind our house in Blaine is at least three years old and quite hard uh, for trim, but needs it. Mm-hmm. Help. Go ahead and trim out the older stems. I would do that again in the spring, uh, and it'll rejuvenate it and get some young growth going on there. I think they bloom, if I remember right, on two-year-old wood, but I could be wrong. So, again, I would double-check with the university website on that. Um, and, and you just kind of have to rejuvenate them sometimes. But, yeah, and they're full of thorns. So Yeah, let's mention the U of M's website yep. because it is such a great read. It's a great reading it's this time. It's a great reading. Anytime. Yeah, and if you don't want to go outside and it's icky, why yeah. not read about stuff? So extension.umn.edu, you can go to the Garden tab. They, you can sign up for the newsletter and learn all kinds of really exciting, interesting things. And you can just spend hours just moseying on through, oh, I want to do this next year. Oh, I'm going to do this next year. Just dream. You and your colleagues, they, they put so much work into that website. They do, and really, they have revamped it over the yeah, past few years. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, we talked earlier, Teresa, about boxwoods. Yes. Keeping our fingers crossed this year. <laughs> Texter says, is it okay to cover newly planted boxwood bushes with plastic pails to prevent windburn? I would not cover them with plastic pails. Um, if you want to, you could cover them with plastic pails with all the bottoms taken out so that you just have, like, plastic collars around them. That would be okay. But under the plastic, they would heat up too much. Um, so, so it would be like cooking them. Uh, it, you'd be surprised at how warm that can get. And the same thing if you're if you're covering your roses. And if you have the styrofoam things, you make sure you take the... the, the um, the uh, little tops off so they can breathe. It sounds, it seems a little silly and counterintuitive because you just put this thing over, you want to protect it, but you want it to be able to breathe. You don't want it to get so hot. Yeah. Because it can get 80, 90 degrees sometimes in the wintertime. You have a hot January sun and it's cold outside, but in that protected area, it can really heat up. You know how warm your car can get yeah. in the wintertime. And with the sunshine. With the yeah. sunshine. So, yeah. Uh, a texter says, uh, Oh, this is interesting. We were talking about dormant seeding. Uh, I dormant seed part of my lawn every year and cover it with a light covering with compost. It protects the seed from critters, adds a low level of nutrients, and add organic matter to the soil. That is a tip that came from Ginny from the Compost Council. Oh, okay, good. You know, compost is a wonderful thing. So if you have really sandy soil, add compost. You have really heavy clay soil, add compost. You have really good soil, add compost, and then add some more compost. (laughs) Thanks, Jenny. (laughs) Thank Uh, you, Jenny. (laughs) Texas says, I planted an apple tree too close to my drain field last summer. Any tips on replanting it? Uh, Well, if the ground isn't frozen, the ground is probably frozen. So what I would do is I would move it first thing in the spring, have the new area already and dug, um, pull up the tree, well, dig up the tree carefully with as much roots as you possibly can, bring it over to the new area and get it all um, healed in and, and, and planted in properly and just treat it like a brand new tree, brand newly planted tree for the next four or five years. Just really baby it. Okay. You know what? Let's do... Let's take a quick break. Okay. And uh, we, we have about uh, oh, 12, 15 minutes left of the show. So if you uh, have a question, lawn or garden type, don't wait. Call it in or text it in. It is the same number for both phone and text, 651-989-9226. Overcast, 33 is our current temperature reading. We're looking for maybe another one to three more inches of new snow and sleet 
today. Here in the Twin Cities, maybe two to four inches of new snow overnight tonight and maybe another one to three come tomorrow. High today near 34. We're almost there, overcast. Our current CCO temperature reading 33. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here every Saturday on WCCO in the 8 o'clock hour. This morning, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is joining us, helping you out by phone and by text. And we got a bunch of both. Excellent. And we got to remind our listeners to head to the Arboretum, too. There's a great weekend. There's so much going on. Great time of year if you do that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on out there. We'll do that in a moment. In the meantime, let's go back to the phones and we'll grab some text messages. Uh, Elmer, I believe, is uh, calling in from Bloomington. Elmer, good morning. Hi, Elmer. Yeah, go ahead, Elmer. Oh, uh, the question I had is uh, last year, or a couple years ago, I had a lot of trouble with Japanese beetles. They were just thick Mm -hmm. for a couple years in a row. And last year, I sprayed my lawn, especially underneath the linden trees and the places where I had a lot of beetles. And I sprayed my lawn with Dawn dishwashing soap uh, early in the spring. And it seemed to help. Was that in my imagination or does that help? It it probably was just um, what happened. We had, uh, as master gardeners, the year before last, everywhere I went, it was questions on Japanese beetles. Last year, I think I had three questions on Japanese Mm. beetles. I I don't know if it was the the cold winter, the polar vortex or what, but it seemed to knock back the population. So I think that was just a coincidence. But anything's possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. But just remember, you know, soaps are poison, and they poison good things and bad things. So, so in some cases, you could, uh, like, sterilize your lawn, I've heard. Yeah, it, yeah. Depending and, on what material. And, and you know, and when you do sterilize your lawn, then usually the bad stuff comes yeah, back first. You right. know, it's, right. it, the good stuff never comes back first. It's always the bad stuff that comes back first. All right, yeah. Teresa, here's a text. says, I bought our uh, red bud at the Arb Spring Sale about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Always bloomed beautifully. This last spring, it did not leaf out or bloom, and it died. We had a tough winter, or maybe it was uh, at the end of its life cycle. No, I think it was just a tough winter. Things things were hit really bad last year, I think. It was between the rain, the polar vortex, things like that. It just the, the, All those changes and all that, it was just too much for a lot of plants. So I think that was the problem. All right, let's go back to phones. Uh, going to Roseville this time. Brent uh, is there. Brent, you're on uh, CCO. Good morning. Hey, Brent. Good morning. I have a large uh, round U that has grown much bigger than I wanted. It's beautiful condition, but how far can I cut that back? I mean, I'd really like to take it back. It's about six feet high mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, want you can take your U's pretty far back along with your junipers and arborvitaes. They often have growing points that are dormant. Um, so what I would do is is do a little bit of uh, pruning and bring it down slowly to the to the height you want and and open up certain areas then you'll see new growth come and then you can trim around that and and open up another new area let some light in there and that will so you need to bring it down slowly you can't just I mean you could just top it but that's not the best way but it is an option and and there are often growing points that you will reactivate so more growth will come okay. and that's a good reason to think about how big is this plant going to get oh yeah because look ahead, you know those little tiny tomato plants are always so cute, and I always plant them way too close <laughs> together. And I'm a master gardener, and I know better. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Brent. Thanks, Brent. Uh, let's talk to uh, Ed. I think calling in from uh, Woodbury. Uh, Ed, you're on CCO. Hey, Ed. Hi, uh, Teresa. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I love your show. Cool. Um, my question is: Is my parents many, many years ago 
had a very large cactus in a large pot on their porch. And the strangest thing to me, it was like you watched it at night, you'd come in the mo- out in the morning, and it would grow an eight-inch stem overnight with a big, beautiful flower on it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a special kind of a cactus, something that could be acquired? Um, it probably is. I, I don't know that much about the cactus and the cacti. Uh, there again, I'd probably look over to maybe a uh, university in uh, Florida or Utah or someplace like that or Arizona for some good information on the cactus. But um, with with the moisture and, and the coolness and everything like that, cactus have to grow their flowers very quick because they don't get the rains and everything over a long period of time. So they have to react pretty gosh darn fast when they want to bring in the pollinators and things. That's something that I probably would think that you were seeing there. But I don't know offhand which cactus that was. It sounds amazing. All right. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for sharing. I think we can uh, have time enough to finish up some text messages okay. before I run out of time. We'll okay. try to do that. Because we're staying here till 10, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, you are, right. I'm leaving. Okay. <laughs> no, you're going to take over. Uh, what should I do, uh, Texas says, with the raspberry bushes? Can I cut them down? New house, never had a berry patch. Oh, head over to the university website, extension.uman.edu. Uh, go to the fruits, and they'll tell you exactly how to take care of your raspberry bushes. Um, it's a little detailed to get into, but there's some pruning you can get done, but you don't want to cut it all down. So, yeah. This text, a tip, comes from Deb from Mount Rose. And where we had a call and a text about a hibiscus with... Uh, with bugs, mm-hmm. uh, she says, I spray my hibiscus with rubbing alcohol lightly on top and under the leaves twice at first sight of insects or yellowing leaves, then seven days later. Using this method, I don't have to use chemicals in the house. Wow. How about that? That's kind of scary. <laughs> you think? I, I don't know what the alcohol would do. I, I don't know if how it would react. So so if you you do what works for you. That's what I say. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks, Deb. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Deb. I know that they will use like rubbing alcohol to get rid of um, some of the scales and some of the things like that. You just take a little Q-tip and do it. Okay. But I don't know about putting it all over the leaves. It might burn it, but I don't know. Maybe she does it lightly. Probably lightly, yeah. What's the secret to keep poinsettias alive? Uh, you want them uh, light. You want uh, fairly moist soil. You want to make sure they don't dry out too much. And you want to make sure that they have good drainage because usually the, the pots they're in, you're not having good drainage. So you want to make sure you take that paper off and put something so they can get really nice drainage around them. Okay. Uh, we talked a little bit this morning about boxwoods. And this texter says, what can I do to protect my newly planted boxwood uh, this summer from uh, winter kill? Um, what I would do is make sure that you've watered it very well going into the fall. If it's out on the west or the northwest corner, build a windbreak. Uh, that could just be a piece of burlap, a little burlap fence about, you know, six, eight inches away that will break the wind. Um, and that's, you know, you can spray it with an anti-desiccant once everything's dormant and also protect it from bunnies and deer. Okay. Have you ever heard this before? A weed is just a flower whose virtues are yet to be discovered. Oh, yes. I'm old... a weed, so I'm waiting for my <laughs> virtues to be discovered. But yes, yes. A weed is just a plant that people don't understand. Everything has its place, even buckthorn, I guess. But um, it, it all has its place and its purpose. And you just sometimes the place and purpose is not where you want it, and that's okay for you to move it. I know what you're going to say to this because we've already answered this question. 
Uh, Texture says, I did not get around to do the dormant seating. Can I put it down now on top of the snow? And you would say, no, I might as well just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah. Either that or you're going to feed the birds. Yeah. Don't do it. Should I, Here's another text. Should I use marsh hay to cover perennials? And if so, where can I find that? You can use uh, marsh hay or you can use straw and you will find it at the garden centers. I've always liked the straw better because it holds up. It has the hollow stems. The marsh hay always just seemed to, to mat down for me, but I was using it in the chicken coop. So, You still have chickens? I do. I have only two left. So, yeah, the raccoons and I are still battling. <laughs> We're, we won't Goodness. talk about that. Do a lot of people have chickens? I mean, I've they read do. about them they over the do. last They do, yeah. Years. We have a great chicken community throughout the whole metro area. We have a tour every September oh. and everything. Oh, Dennis just said he's got three neighbors with chickens. See, all the cool people have chickens. I guess so. Yeah, chickens are cool. They're, <laughs> they're just hysterical birds. I mean, it's they're so fun to watch, and they have their personalities, and they're just they can be so smart and so stupid at the same time. They're just <laughs> they're just cute. They're, oh well, they're like, I, they're I, like some folks we know. <laughs> like a lot of folks I know, <laughs> myself included. Five foot newly planted yew facing west. I covered with burlap. Is that okay? Well, it, it is. Um, the burlap might get it a little too warm, but um, you're breaking. Just make sure you covered it loosely so it can still breathe. Um, you don't want to cover it so tight that it's like squished in there and no air circulation. Let's uh, let's give, uh, before we talk about the Arboretum, let's give that website, the U of M, again for Extension. folks. Extension.umn.edu. And if that's too much to remember, and a lot of times it is if you haven't had your coffee yet, just say like you're Googling raspberries, U-M-N. And your friend Google will bring you to the right page. Just an amazing amount of information on that. It is. It is. There's a lot of good information. A lot of good stuff. And this is research-based information. So it's not just, you know, what uncle, great uncle, you know, (laughs) Fred used to put on his cauliflower. You know, it's... It's research. It's the real deal. It's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For folks, and this is a great time of year, this holiday season, to bring friends and family to the Arboretum. Oh, it's amazing. They have have music out there. They have sales. If you're a member of the Arboretum, you can get an extra 10% on your discount right now. Um, They've got yoga in the garden. They've got classes going on. Uh, cookies with Santa. There's great mm. lights. There's all kinds of stuff out there. Just head out west, Highway 5, mm-hmm. 41 is the intersection, yep. and you'll see it. Just you'll see it on the, the south side. And look for the Master Gardeners there because they want to talk to you and answer your questions. Good to see you again, Teresa. Good to see you. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney with us on CCO. Uh, one to three uh, more inches of new snow. You stay tuned to 830-WCCO. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.